0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms.
1: God's timing is not the same as our timing. God's timing is always perfect. Perhaps you've heard it said that God is never late, but the problem is is that He's never early either. And truth be known, we don't want him to be early because in being early, oftentimes it can thwart that which God desires to do, that which God can only do in taking the needed
0: time to do it. Whether we care to admit it or not, many of us struggle with patience in our lives. Combine this with the reality that God is never late, nor is He ever early, patience ends up being quite the challenge. However, as Pastor J.D. will teach you in this message today, God's timing is His own and for many good reasons. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 70 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: All right. let's get into our study. Psalm, let's start in chapter 70. We'll pick it up where we left off last week in Psalm 69 verse 1. Again, we have a title to this psalm. It's to the chief musician, and it's another psalm of David, and it's to bring to remembrance. Interesting psalm. Verse 1, Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, let them be ashamed and confounded who seek my life. Let them be turned back and confused who desire my hurt. Let them be turned back because of their shame who say, Aha, aha. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. And let those who love your salvation, say continually, let God be magnified. But, verse 5, I am poor and needy. Make haste to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer, O Lord. Do not delay. This is a psalm about something that I know none of us struggle with. So we'll just talk about it in theory, this matter of being impatient. Do you ever get impatient? Neither neither do I. Should we just move to Psalm 71, or should we just take a little moment here and talk about being impatient? Oh my goodness. I have to confess that I was so convicted by this psalm. David is writing about waiting on the Lord to act on his behalf. And the problem that he's up against is that he's in a situation that it seems like God is taking his time in responding to and hearkening unto the voice of his cry. What I love about this psalm is David's brutal honesty, and I use the word brutal because He's being very honest about his struggle with God delaying. And he's also being very honest about the timing of God, the ways of God. And he knows, and he should know, if anyone should know, that God's timing is not the same as our timing. God's timing is always perfect. Perhaps you've heard it said that, God is never late, but the problem is, is that He's never early either. And truth be known, we don't want Him to be early, because in being early, oftentimes it can thwart that which God desires to do, that which God can only do in taking the needed time to do it. Perhaps you've also heard that saying that God's delays are not God's denials. And what David is really struggling with here, and being very honest about here, is not so much that he knows that God isn't going to do it. He knows God's going to do it, but what he's struggling with is that God delays seemingly in doing it. But when God does act, His timing is always perfect because His ways are always better and perfect and not our ways. This is Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. You know it well. God declares through the prophet Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. And by the way, aren't you glad that the way you and I think is not how God thinks? What do you think? If God thought the way we thought, would you agree that he would not be God? He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What God is declaring is that you have no idea, nor can you in the finite, what my ways are in the infinite. You cannot possibly, this side of heaven, comprehend what I'm doing in the way I'm doing it, and in the timing in which I choose to do it. Isaiah 30, 18 is a favorite of mine. I have a You'll forgive me for saying it this way, but for lack of a better way of saying it, I have a love-hate relationship with this verse in the Bible. Is that okay if a pastor says he has a love-hate relationship with a particular verse in the Bible? Well, this is one of them. Listen to this. Therefore, the Lord will wait. I hate I hate to wait, and I hate it when the Lord will wait. Why are you going to wait, Lord? Why are you going to delay? Here's why. That he may be gracious to you. And therefore, he will be exalted, that he may have mercy on you. Have you ever thought of it like that? That when God chooses to delay, to be gracious to you, that it's not just to be gracious to you, he's actually being merciful to you. I was thinking of it this way, that if God did what I wanted him to do at the time that I wanted him to do it, it could be the worst thing for me. And God knows it. I was thinking about this. Um, uh It's been kind of... uh changed because it's kind of in an older English, but it's a very good quote that has really served me well and been a a great source of encouragement to me, and I want to share it with you. God answers our prayers the way we would if we knew what he knew. Now, let me say the same thing in a different way, okay? God will answer our prayers and sometimes delay in doing it. And that's exactly what we would do if he, if we knew what he knew. And is he not all knowing? Does he not know the end from the beginning? We, we can only see this, but yet God sees everything. And so God knows the end from the beginning and I don't know if you've ever done this. I really encourage you to do this for those of you who keep a prayer list or a prayer journal. I've been doing it for many, many years. And I've gone back over those prayer requests on my prayer list and those prayers that I've entered into my prayer journal. And I've kind of chuckled in a sanctified way because I found myself thanking God for not answering that prayer the way I prayed it at the time that I prayed he would answer it. Because when he did answer that prayer, it was infinitely better than anything I could have ever imagined. And I found myself almost apologizing for praying it to begin with. And I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit who sort of adjusts and fine-tunes and intercedes and kind of (laughs) tweaks, for lack of a better word, my prayers so that they're kind of formatted in a way that God says, okay, now I can answer that prayer. Have you ever heard this, that we know that prayer changes things, and certainly it does, but prayer changes the prayer. And sometimes in the process of time, it takes time for God to do that change in us throughout that process, of praying. So sometimes I'll even change or edit the prayer, and, you know, because things have changed, I mean, because time has, you know, passed since I originally prayed the prayer, and I'll put a date when I originally started praying that specific prayer request. So I'll go back over my prayer list and pray, and I'll say, you know what, maybe it would be better if I changed this prayer this way, and God's, I could just picture God in heaven going, that's exactly what I was trying to do, and trying to get you to do, is to change that prayer, and I had to wait and delay in my grace and my mercy to get you to change, so that I could answer the prayer the way that you would answer this prayer, if you knew what I knew, and I know everything. And basically, you know nothing. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. You know absolutely nothing. You have no idea. Aren't you grateful for the prayers that God didn't answer? Sometimes I find myself more thankful for the prayers that God did not answer than I am for the prayers that God did finally answer. But listen to what else he says here. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. In other words, when you wait for the Lord to do what His will is in His time for His glory, you will ultimately be blessed. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah, but I hate to wait. No, no, you have to wait. You you know how we, we say, I find myself saying this all the time, I can't wait. Well, guess what? You don't have any choice. You have to wait. I I can't wait for such and thus. You can't wait? Well, that's a problem because you're going to have to wait. And that's what I kind of sense that the Lord is saying is, I know you hate to wait. And that's part of the problem, by the way. And by making you wait, I'm doing that work in you. And what I'm building in your life is this patience to trust me, to wait On me to do what I desire to do because my way is exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything you could have ever thought or imagined. Psalm 71, in you O Lord I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me, and save me. Be my strong refuge, to which I may resort continually. You have given the commandment to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Clearly, the psalmist is in trouble. Deliver me, verse 4, O oh my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man, for you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you I have been upheld from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of you. I have become, verse 7, as a wonder to many. I was thinking about that. In other words, A lot of people wonder about me (laughs) that's what he's saying I've become a as a wonder to many but you are my strong refuge let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day do not cast me off in the time of old age oh do not forsake me when my strength fails for my enemies speak against me, and those who lie in wait for my life take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Pursue and take him, for there is none to deliver him. Oh God, verse 12, do not be far from me. oh my God, make haste to help me. What this sounds a little bit like the Psalm of David we just read in Psalm 70. Don't delay, don't take a long time, Lord. Let them, verse 13, be confounded and consumed, who are adversaries of my life. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor, who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually, and will praise you, yet more and more. My mouth, verse 15, shall tell of your righteousness, and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. We don't know how old the psalmist is, but apparently this is in his latter years, which is actually what the psalm is about. Listen to verse 18. Now also, when I am old (laughs) and gray-headed, I I really like this psalmist, I don't know who wrote this psalm, there's some debate as to who the author is, but I like this psalm, I just, um, just saying. (laughs) I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength, to this generation, the implication being the younger generation. In other words, God, I still got work to do. You're not through with me yet. I might be old, but my job's not done. And would to God, by the way, and there's a reference to this in the New Testament about the older generation speaking into the life of the younger generation. And by the way, can I just parenthetically say that this is the lost art in the church today. Uh, I didn't intend to go there, but I just did, so indulge me for just a moment if you don't mind. The church today has been given over to this catering to the younger generation. And I think that has its place. Don't misunderstand me, please. Please don't misunderstand me. But I think what they've done is they've sacrificed the older, wiser generation on the altar of being relevant to the youth in their generation. You know, when um, we had our children, my parents had already passed away. And there were so many times that I wished I could pick up the phone and call my mom or dad. And I had a lot of questions that I wished I would have asked them that I couldn't have thought of until I remember my mom when I was young. She would say to me with her thick accent, What you do? You wait till you have children of your own. I'm like, I'm blowing her off. Oh mom, come on and then I had children of my own. (laughs) I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Oh, I just, I thought, was I like this? Oh yeah. Oh, this is hard. What do I do? I I wish I could have called my mom and said, first of all, I'm so sorry (laughs) what I put you through as a little boy, because now I've got a little boy, and what he's putting me through, and boy, parenting isn't for wimps, and I could have really used that wisdom, and that fatherly and that motherly advice in their older years. I think it's in the Proverbs, it says that with the gray hair comes much wisdom. I think it's sad because the generation today has no respect for the older generation. I say that uh, with a broken heart. It's this, this lack of respect, really this total disrespect for the older generation. You know, in the Middle East, there's, uh, it's not like that. There's so much respect for the authority, for the elders, for the older generation. But here in America, it's... Um, it's not only there's no no respect, there's actually instead a great disdain almost. You know, it's almost like out with the old, in with the new. And it's really a sad day when a church will cave and falter and acquiesce to the demands of the younger generation. And I'll just take it a step further and then I'll move on. Some of you are saying, please move on because... <laughs> This is very depressing, but it uh, shows up in the music. Shows up in the music. You know what I love about our worship leader and our worship team is they. I mean, it's it's worship still. Can I say it that way? It's not a performance. It's not a it's not a show with the lights and the smoke machine. By the way, you, I'm not exaggerating. This is not. Uh, I'm not being. Seriously, you can go to a church today, and you'll walk in, and you would think you were in a nightclub. The music is not vertical; it's not praising and glorifying God. It's it's more like entertainment, and it's really fast moving. and And ah, what, what, the other day, I was in my car. And I heard this song, I'm not going to say what station. I heard this song, and I guess you would categorize it as a contemporary Christian music song, CCM, contemporary Christian music. And I was and I was struggling to listen to the music through all the noise. You know what I mean when I say that, right? I mean, it had a great beat. You know, and I found myself kind of, you know... Be-bopping back and forth and grooving and moving and, you know. And then I caught myself and I go, wait a minute. What did they just say? Here's the litmus test for me when it comes to music. And this is across the board, any music, sacred or secular. Does it draw me closer to the Lord or does it distance me from the Lord? This song was not entering, I was not, finding myself drawing near to the Lord or offering up praise to the Lord, I found myself kind of struggling to hear even what the song was about. Couldn't really understand. Maybe, maybe that, you know, I know what my, my boys would say, you're just old. That's the point of the psalm. <laughs> what he's saying is, I wish I could speak to this generation. I wish I could declare your strength to this generation. Can I say it this way? It's weak. It's weak. There's nothing there. It's empty. It's vanity. It is not. uh, I better stop. I love this, what he says here at the end of verse 18. Your power to everyone who is to come.
0: We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the Book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's Word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible, and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours, and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at InSpiritandTruthRadio.com You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there, or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mid-East Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the MidEast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holy, me true to